Welcome to episode three of I Love That Record, a podcast featuring my friend John Beckman and myself, Eric Jorgensen. This is a podcast where each episode, one of us picks an album that we love and we talk about it. John Beckman, thank you for being with me again tonight uh, to follow up our huge smash hit episodes one and two. Dozens of people have downloaded them. We've heard rave reviews from friends so far. What do you have for us tonight? It's your choice. Episode three, your album number two. What did you pick for us? Episode three, my number two, I have chosen Brand New by Ben Rector. Oh, what a choice. What a choice. How's that sound? It sounds sound good? awesome. And what beverage are, do you have in front of you to consume while discussing this album? Tonight I've got the green apple variety of Angry Orchard Hard Cider. Sounds delicious. And I have a New Belgium Accumulation White India Pale Ale in front of me, that's as well a, as a glass of water. That's a good one. Well, I've got some LaCroix next to me, too. So some sparkling water, carbonated water. What have you? Ahoy LaCroix, as my coworker just said. Lime, this lime flavored sparkling water. That is a great as choice. The, as the can says. <laughs> and I have water in front of me because if, in, if you can't tell, I do have a little bit of a cold. So I will try my best to not disappoint the dozens and dozens of listeners who are eagerly anticipating episode three. So I'll, I'll do my best to sound okay. I was wondering why you sounded sexier than usual. And now I know why. It's all about the virus, man. It's all about the virus. Yeah. All the kids are, all the kids are doing it. <laughs> I won't even touch that one. (laughs) So Ben Rector. Spread the virus. I have to confess, John, I was nervous when I heard that you were choosing this one for number three because this is my honesty coming out on the podcast. I hadn't listened to it before. Well, honesty is the best policy, so I'm glad you made that known as soon as I picked it. Yeah. I certainly would have picked another one or I was open to picking another one, but. I am so glad you did. In the spirit of the podcast, yes, I and I'm, it a go. I'm thrilled. I actually liked it, right? I loved it. I loved it, and I'm so glad that you picked it. I've been listening to it pretty much nonstop since you told me you were picking it. So I, I'm really pumped to talk about it with you. So I'm really glad you picked it. I'm a little sad that I hadn't told you about it before. I swear I would have. I was choosing not to go there in the podcast. I feel like I could have brought a lot of <laughs> anger and rage. I think I even texted you as much, and I think I said, John, I'm mad at you. And I made you respond, why? And then I said, because you didn't tell me about this one previously. But I, I'm over it, mostly. mostly. Maybe that, maybe that's good in a way, because now the the listeners who may have not heard this album um, or heard of this album can now take your your experience with it and say, hey, I think I'm going to check out that record, too, after listening to this podcast. Yeah. That is a and, great point. And, I and think we they can talk more about it. They can listen and then make their own decision. But so something that was interesting to me about the fact that you picked this is that it yeah. was released only in 2015, August 28, 2015. It's a recent record. Um, the other two that we've chosen so far are, are much older, about uh, 10 years older, actually, in each case. So what is it about this album that made you pick it? Uh, I know that you've been a Ben Rector fan for a long time, but man, just a, a, a year and a half old album. Yeah, I've been a Ben Rector fan for, I think, uh, I was actually trying in preparation for this uh, for this episode, I was trying to figure out when I would have first listened to it. And I think it was his Into the Morning album, which came out in 2010, if I remember correctly. I don't think I picked it up until 2011. Uh, so that's good, a good six years. And I've listened to, I think, three, four of his albums now. So it was Into the, Into the Morning, then there were two more, and then this one. So Brand New was actually uh, his second or third album that he released on his own label so he kind of went the the independent route and then 
decided to actually start his own label. So um, it's kind of fun, kind of adventurous. Good on you, Ben. Yeah, good say. on you. So brand new as a as a whole is a really really positive album. Um, you get those kind of themes running through pretty much pretty much every song. Um, so uh, his his uh, the title track brand new is on the radio, so our listeners may have heard that. I had heard that they, one again. Yeah, another so confession. The, so I heard that yep, one. If they're in the Twin Cities area, they probably caught it on KS ninety five or Cities ninety seven, those types of stations. Uh, very positive, very uh, very drive uh, driven kind of beat heavy song. So. Yeah, I was definitely struck by how poppy the album is. And I say that in the best way possible because I love pop music. Um, I have since I was a little kid and I still love it. His previous stuff that I had heard was not as poppy. It was a little bit more kind of the way I would describe Cities 97 again for people in the Twin Cities, maybe like 10 years ago, where it was a little mm-hmm. bit more acoustic. It was um, kind of like Ingrid Michaelson used to be like that type of music. I don't know. City's 97 music is how I would describe it. And I had yeah. especially been drawn to when I had heard Ben Rector's music, his cover of I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston, which I would recommend that anybody who likes music check out on YouTube. I will put a link in the show notes. It's uh, that style of video where the singer artist is performing pretty much all the parts and, you know, it cuts in between him playing piano and then he's doing a shaker and then he's playing guitar and he's playing bass. It's great. The version of the song that he put together, the arrangement is amazing. I think you uh, were the one who turned me on to this and it's just fantastic. So I would really recommend, recommend, excuse me, that people check that out. Yeah, I think I was checking out a bunch of his, his music videos on YouTube and I kind of stumbled upon that. He had recorded a couple couple different covers. There was one of uh, Free Falling by Tom Petty that was much less production value. So I think it was done a lot earlier than the than the uh, than the Whitney Houston one that was done in the studio. But it's really really cool, uh, really cool video. So I, I recommend people check that out. Definitely, and definitely the definitely the better audio. Uh, the only album that you can find that on is his Live in Denver album which is actually good, a good live album, but having that studio version is really cool. And I think hopefully maybe someday he'll, he'll put that on an actual album. That would be, that would be awesome. But for now we'll just do the, the audio rip from YouTube. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And however legal that is. <laughs> as we were talking about the pop feel of this album is really strong. And, and yeah. I do mean that in the best way possible, but it's got that positive and uplifting uh, message and I mean, the lyrics and the melodies are soaring. It's, it's exactly what you said. It just leaves you feeling good after you listen to it, which isn't all that common in pop music, right? Because a lot of pop songs are about, um, lovers who have left you maybe, or are with somebody else or whatever, which, you know, foreshadowing to episode four, we might have to talk about a song or two or, or like seven that kind of go into that direction. But this album is not like that. It's, it's a guy who's, looking around at his life and saying, I have this amazing life. I have had some doubts about myself, but I kind of worked my way through them. Life is amazing. I love my wife. I love my kids. I think he talks about yep. kids, right? So it's really cool actually to see that. And it's as cheesy as it can maybe be. It, I, I think it's, it's refreshing. Yeah, it is refreshing. And I think in, in the first two episodes, we've talked how much, uh, how much of a sap I am. So maybe that's one reason I have, identified with this album being a 32 year old male um kind of listening to this and it's it like you said it's a guy kind of looking around in his life saying i've had my bad times i've uh, gone through some stuff but really at the end of the day i've got a lot of good stuff going for me uh really positive um like i said the wife and kids so it's uh 
it's definitely something to kind of lift your lift your spirits you know life life will throw you lemons but it's really not all that bad at the end of the day and as beyonce would probably say you could go drink some lemonade <laughs> i i can't say i listened to that song but i, I do know the reference you're talking about yes <laughs> uh, yeah well well said though it's 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 awesome so it the production is great, I think, on the album, which for me is yeah. actually, I don't know if it's a prerequisite for picking for this the purposes of this podcast, but it's definitely important to me. Um, but it seems like it was a group effort. Uh, ben is listed as a, a producer himself, and you also have Ed Cash, Kaysen Cooley, Chad Copeland, and David Hodges, all listed as producers on this. So a group effort, great production quality. Yes, a handful of the dozens and dozens of uh, the Reason producers. Oh, that's by Hoopastank, yeah, isn't it? You, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, if you've ever heard of that band, I don't think we've mentioned them on the podcast yet. I don't think but. we have either, but I think you are right. I think they were all known for their uh, production work on on Hoopastank's The Reason. And they did a fantastic job on this album, for sure. They really did. I think this is um, this is a very radio-friendly album as a whole, even though, as far as I know, Brand New is the only actual radio single. But really, all of the songs, especially the the faster songs, are very um, very radio friendly. I could definitely see turning on my car and, and hearing those come on. Definitely, and I th- I think that that's so true that they all, for the most part, almost every song sounds like it could find a place on some type of radio station. But what I really think is great about this album is the fact that the sequencing still has a cohesive feel to it. It's really well done. There are are highs, there are lows. There's that emotional journey that we talked about on our first two episodes, very much in play here. From the beginning track, Make Something Beautiful, which is a beautiful little ballad kind of intro to the album, all the way to More Like Love, which is another ballad itself. And there's, you know, a couple ballads sprinkled throughout. But then in between, there's that driving beats that you talked about. There are those um, soaring melodies, the, the huge choruses, the hooks, all that stuff. It's it's all there, um, which I would say is not all that common in 2017 or in this this part of the 21st century where you have such a focus on a whole album of quality songs, which this is, I think. Yeah, and it really does a nice job of ebb, uh, a lot of ebbs and flows. So you get the slow intro, moves into Brand New, which is a really, uh, really driving song. Like we said, it's the radio single. Uh, Paris slows it down again. You move into Favorite Song, which speeds it up. And then the men in, the men that drive me places slows it down again. So you get that kind of ebb and flow, but it's uh, it all works. Like you said, it all comes together really nicely. It really does. And I, another confession, I have not always loved his voice. Um, I'm not sure what it is, if it's just maybe a little tinny sometimes, but I think okay. for the songs, it works really well. The songwriting is really strong. I don't think I would throw away any of the songs on here and say they're they're uh, filler overall I, I don't think that that that's the case i do have a pick for my least favorite song but only because i feel like i had to choose something uh it's it's not an album with filler it's 12 songs which i think is a great length um i think that we'll talk more about length of albums probably in episode four again to foreshadow a little bit but i think that this is perfect for you know it's 40 three minutes long. It looks like that's awesome. It's, it's in, it's out. It's a nice thing that you can listen to in one sitting. It just, it, it just leaves you feeling awesome. Sorry. I'm probably talking too much about this album since it's your pick. No, so. you're not. I was just going to say, you know, it's 12 songs, but really it's only 43 minutes. So I think, um, you know, you can, you can listen to it easily in one, one sitting and not feel like it's dragging on whatsoever. Exactly. And I've done that a lot over the last two weeks since you told me that you were going to choose this. So, <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm really glad. I'm really glad you liked it. So would it make sense now to maybe talk about our favorite songs on the album? Sure. Yeah, we can do that. 
And what are what are your favorite picks? I, I, do we decide that we can do uh, half plus one or two? What do we say? Half I think we rounded said down. Half rounded down. So, so six or five songs. Or so you really could choose six. I'm breaking my personal rule, which I was going to try to stay under five for all of these, but I couldn't cut it to five so i've got six so oh okay i'm still within the official podcast rules okay but i, I, I i'm bending my personal rule of five or less so wonderful uh no particular order i'll go with uh thirty thousand feet i've been better i've been worse i've chased after pretty girls seen a couple places that i never thought i'd see i've walked into harder times i've walked out the And the reason I like this song, uh, like we had said a little bit earlier, um, he kind of plays off of the, he's on a plane, uh, he ends up sitting to the sky, it's just kind of first time flying if I remember correctly, they get to talking about life, uh, it's really kind of taking this high level view, both figuratively and then literally being 30,000 feet up in the air on a plane, uh, taking a look at your life, realizing that, um, that you really do have things pretty darn well. Uh, things have gone wrong here and there, but all in all, uh, you know, you've got a wife that loves you. Um, life isn't bad as what you seem. You end up getting what you need in the end. So really, really positive song. Um, my second pick would be Almost Home. So he talks literally being on the road on tour all the time, just ready to get back home, being 100 miles from home, 1,000 miles from home. A uh, couple awesome musical moments in this song that we can, uh, that we'll play for our listeners. Uh, nice mandolin. I don't know how much you like the mandolin, Eric. I do love the mandolin. So you get a couple nice mandolin notes at the beginning. A little pause you get another mandolin note and then it leads this kind of slow beat kind of leading it into the song uh, really good and then if you go a few minutes into the song I've got it marked as three minutes and 14 seconds yeah for those listening and want to follow along um, he changed the he changes the lyrics of the chorus from the couple times he stated it before, and then he's got some nice syncopation, and then on the word home he's got these great harmonies uh, with one of the other singers on the album. Definitely a couple moments to check out, and a couple moments that really, really. Uh, drive this song home for me and i actually so. have a musical moment that is different from the one that you mentioned Ooh, the song nice. that starts around 232 of the song okay and i'm a sucker for these i actually have it playing in my headphones right now it's <laughs> <laughs> it is the time in the song when um the bridge kind of hits and there's that really nice kind of keyboard um 
uh, keyboard strings kind of playing in the background and I'm, I'm not musically trained enough to describe what's happening, but it shifts the mood of the song quite a bit and kind of brings the, the pitch down a little bit and changes the melody on its head a little bit, which okay. I think is awesome. So that's at 232. I thought that was neat. Definitely a lot of musical moments in his in his music. He is good at doing that. Definitely. Yeah. He knows how to how to hit that. I think that's the the skill of a songwriter that he shows is, especially in 2017, things have changed a lot. I think it's less about um, a big chorus that has strong melody throughout, and more about those little hooks that grab people. Because I think there's so much there's so much going on. There's so many sounds that people hear. There's so many songs that people hear. So it's really got to grab you right away. And and he's good at doing both. I think he has really strong melodies in his choruses and and verses for that matter, but also those little hook things that'll grab you too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the third song that I have selected is like the world is going to end. And I will say right off the bat, I find, I do find the funny, find it funny that the song title is like the world is going to end. And in the song, he never says that. He actually says, like, the world is going to end. <laughs> Obviously small, but I think that's hilarious. So uh, I think if I anyone agree. Has the same, <laughs> if anyone has the same sense of humor as me. Anyway, yeah, I think that... He wanted to be grammatically correct in his song title. So I, I think that was a mistake that. on his part. I think he should just <laughs> gone with what he says in the song over and over again. Yeah. Um, def- uh, great musical moment. Sorry, I'm tripping over my own words. I'm no, so excited okay. about this musical moment. Uh Towards the end of the song, I don't have the uh, the minute and second noted down. Which I will hold lyric, against you, for sure. You will. I should have. Yeah, I, I failed you as a podcast partner. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, it's towards the end of the song. Uh, well, I'll back up. Here, let me back up and talk about the song. Yeah. Uh, this all, the song is all about uh, kind of looking at life and living. Like, what would you do if the world was going to end? So he goes through all these scenarios and... Um, you know, if the world's going to end on tomorrow or Tuesday, whatever, what have you, um, how would you live life life differently? Really positive song, just kind of, um, you know, we never know when the world's going to end or we never know when, when our world's going to end. So, um, just live life the right way and be nice to people and, and all that. Uh, but yeah, anyway, the musical moment towards the end of the song, he, it's the lyric where he says, and if somebody's done me wrong, I'd call him and tell him I forgot. And if someone had done me wrong, I'd call and tell him I forgot. And then I'd be dancing like a fool. And it's, I think it's the, it's the way he says that, or it's a syncopation of that that lyric that really catches me and then i think it's just the way it leads into the next the next part of the song so sure uh yeah definite definite music moment there uh fourth song i'll go with fear again like almost home 
great mandolin part at the beginning, which I knew you would like. Oh, yeah. It's another reason I, I'm really bummed I didn't introduce you to you earlier, because I should have known you would have liked that part. Uh, basically, the last year and a half, John, I've been a cavalcade <laughs> of errors on your part. Every day that you didn't tell me about this album, I will call an error, a distinct yeah. and unique error that you owe me for now. That, okay, not that really. up. Those that's, are a lot. Yeah, that'd be a lot. That's, that's pretty dramatic. I'll, I take that back. Yeah. But anyway, but now it's in your life, and you can listen to it every second of every day. That is true as much mandolin as you want and fear is an amazing song by the way fear is yeah So that'd be my fourth. Uh, my fifth, I would say, note to self. Note to self, don't let yourself worry quite as much. It'll end up fine enough. It always has up until now. Something else, you should think of other people a little more. You should have thought of that before. Because of everything you've written down, this is the first note that you wrote for someone else. Similar to like the world is going to end or going to end. Um, it's he's sort of looking back. He's writing notes to himself, uh, like just kind of giving him words of advice to live by. Um, great lyric. And I, I don't know if I'd say musical moment, but I like the part where he goes um, talking to his wife. Keep choosing her because she's yours and wonderful. Um, and then he leads into call your mother back, talk for too long. It's probably half of what she'd like, but she's the only mother that you have. That's a so, nice lyric. I like it. Yeah. So just kind of, you know, enjoy your mom, enjoy your dad while they're still here. Um, not to sound, not to be a Debbie Downer, but no, that's, no, yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta enjoy the, yeah, you just gotta enjoy the people in your life while you have them, while you're still here, while they're still here. So, um, and then the other great line I like is, uh, don't worry quite as much. It'll end up fine enough. So really things are going to wrong during the day. Just, you know, try not to stress out too much over them. And I think that's definitely definite words that I can take to heart. I think anyone could take to heart. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. Just a great song to, to listen to and to remind yourself, uh, to, to live those, uh, live those values. So, uh, I think that's five. Is that five? That and is that, five. My sixth one would be the men that drive me places. Ooh, good, good choice. Yeah, so great, great slow song. Really, him and the piano. Not much else to, not much else that makes uh, that makes up that song. Uh, very stripped down, slowed down song. Oh, isn't that just the way it goes? You dealt a good hand, then you get celebrated. Oh, how am I the only one who knows I'm half? Are the men that drive me places. 
I guess the theme of the song is pretty much Ben sort of wrestling with the fact that he's becoming more famous and he's up on stage and he's getting, you know, all these people are coming to his shows and, but really at the end of the day, he's just a guy that gets up on stage and sings when the whole theme of the song is the men that drive me places. So it's guys picking him up in the airport, the taxi drivers, uh, bringing him, you know, to all these shows and everything. And they don't get any recognition, but you know, they're doing a service to people and they've, they've all got these individual stories. So he talks about a handful of these drivers that, that, uh, have given him rides and, you know, one studying to become, um, like a computer tech support and some guys taking classy classes and this guy's got a daughter that he's going to send to college and all these things. So these really great stories, really heartfelt song. Um, yeah. So, you know, kind of more contemplative than the really driving positive songs, but uh, really good message at the, at the end of the day still. Definitely agree with everything yeah. you said. Yeah. So really, yeah, really great album overall. Um, not much you can, not much that I can pick out that I don't like, but before we get to that, I'll turn it over to back to you so you can go over your favorite songs. If you well, haven't, I, I appreciate that. Oh, I have, I have a bunch, <laughs> which I, I'm sure you have. I'm sure you'd have at least a few. Yes, I do. And, uh, my top song is by far fear. The song that you had chosen or one of the songs that you chose. Okay. I love the mandolin. I love the message because I think that's something I've always struggled with in my life is maybe a little bit of trepidation about uh, pushing myself and trying something maybe that I haven't done before. And I usually find a way to get over it. And I've, I have pushed myself in a lot of different ways, but I think the song so perfectly captures that, that he's telling this, the story of his life and how he almost gave up and he pushed through. And it was just this fear of failing that was really holding him back. And I definitely know that growing up, especially I was one of those goody two shoes kids that always got really good grades. And I think I was doing everything I could to quote, do the the correct thing, not necessarily what was best for me or best for my life or what was going to push me forward. Like getting straight A's I've realized since doesn't really mean all that much about you as a person. And I kind of took some of that out of this song, which is again, a great thing about art, right? You can take and, and relate it to your own life. And just this fear of failing. It's like, why should that stop you? Like looking back, like why would, would it have really mattered if I didn't get basically straight A's? Probably not. And I might've had more fun too. Right. So I think that it's, it's just good to keep in mind in your life that you should focus on the things that are important and not let fear like that, you know, stop you from doing something great. So that's what I took. From yeah. It. And I guess, yeah. And I like that. Um, and I will say one more thing that a lot of these songs on here are very sort of specific situations. But yes, they're story they're, songs. Yeah, they're definitely story songs, specific situations, but they're straightforward enough that you're still able to relate them really well to your own life and kind of project those on your own life. Definitely. So I'm glad that you were able to, to do that with fear. I, I totally did. And it's just, it hit me, hit me in the emotional feelies, if you will. So great. Just thought it was awesome. Brand new, which I know was not on your list and maybe because you heard it too much on the radio, but I actually only heard it occasionally and it didn't really... Uh, hit me maybe because I'm kind of a snob and I think the radio sounds terrible, you know, FM radio compared to like, you know, even MP3s and stuff just sounds awful. And I think it took listening to this in my headphones on Spotify for me to, to really connect with it, but it's just the perfect pop rock song. I mean, it's just, it's got a nice beat to it. 
It's got a great melody. It's got everything that you'd want. It's just, it, I can see why it was the single and it's, it's a great way to start off the, the meat of the album after the little intro song, which is great too. It makes something beautiful is nice, but it's a minute 33 brand new is really the, you know, the opener. Like when I close my say that i got really sick of the song i still really like it uh i think that just kind of goes back to it was either the first or second episode we made the point that over time your favorite songs will change as you as you listen listen so i think that's one of these instances where uh catch me on another day and i would definitely say that brand new is one of my favorites so that was that was a a tough call to make but for sure a great great song and one that i'll still listen to but as of today, I think the other six are, or what I would call out. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, my number three is favorite song, uh, which has a nice set of uh, digital drums to it, which I, I actually enjoy. It's another perfect pop rock song. It feels really fresh and modern. The chorus has multiple hooks in it, which I think is awesome. Like it's not one of those. Uh, <sighs> I don't know how familiar you are with Eric Church's music, but he's not to digress too much, but a lot of his songs have a very similar hook and it happens right at the very end. And it's the way that he uh, says the final phrase of the song, like kill a word, whatever that that's the hook of the chorus basically. Right. He has so many songs that do that in comparison, this song by Ben Rector, favorite song. um, The chorus just has, a hook like every five seconds. And it's this really complex interweaving melody that works so well with everything else. I think that that's awesome, and I, I I love listening to it. It's definitely one of my favorite songs on the album, and I think the the title is very apt. And I especially love the way he says well in the chorus. Uh, 108 in the song is a particular example, and it's where he kind of he does a little like comma well. Don't stop and I just I love it. I don't know why I love it. I don't know if it counts as a musical moment because he does it a bunch in this song, but I think it's great. So. You know, I was thinking about that. I think I think that counts, even if even if the moment happens multiple times. I think if he, yeah, if you still do it, if you still like it, I think that counts. Okay, so we'll allow it. And he's got some great falsetto too uh, in this song. So, yeah, it's he does. It's it's a great song. So that's I would it. say my my biggest musical moment in this song is when he, it's the Johnny Cash part. Uh, he mentioned John John Bon Jovi and the Johnny Cash. I think the line is living on a prayer, living on a prayer, singing the fulsome 
Prison Blues. Ah, yes. And then it's the like the Johnny Cash guitar riff right after that. Living on a prayer, singing the some prison blues. I can't. Oh, and I'm not cool. sure if there's a. It's like and I'm not sure if there's a term for that. That. So you're more of a guitar. I mean, I've never really played guitar. I bought a guitar in college and never played it. Well, <laughs> I literally played, I think, three times, and then it's been in the bag since then. So. Until you uh, learn to play a song and play it on the podcast. Hey, I can do that. In tribute. Uh, yeah, I can do that. It's probably <laughs> at my parents' house somewhere. I don't think it probably sold is. it or given away or anything. But In Osceola, Wisconsin. Yeah, so electric guitars. I know there's a, there's a lot of different sounds you can make. I'm sounding like an idiot now probably, but there's a whole like different reverb and all that kind of stuff. But Johnny Cash always had this really distinct sound to his guitars. But anyway... So this little riff kind of sounds like that, and I think it's awesome. Being a, I wouldn't say a huge Johnny Cash fan, but I certainly like listening to his music. So it was just kind of cool how they made it sound like that. Well, that is pretty awesome. And I, I love as well that the whole song is a metaphor for his relationship with his wife, I believe, right? I'm pretty I think sure. so. Yeah, he's, I think he's basically comparing of... her to being to listening to his favorite song, which is awesome because as we're gushing over these songs, it's kind of like love, right? I mean, we're sitting Certainly. here talking yeah. about these highs and these lows and just the feelings that we have when we listen to songs. It's the power of music. So it is a great metaphor, I think, for a romantic relationship. So, yeah. And then one thing I wasn't sure about with this song is if the the artists and songs that he mentions were influences to him or uh, inspirational at all in in his uh, songwriting or if they're just kind of random i took it as random sort of, and, and, and reference points for people yeah, yeah exactly so they could do it but yeah that's it's a great song i uh for number four i chose as you did the men that drive me places which is a beautiful song i had to listen closely to figure out who these men were who were driving in places and then it made a lot more sense but you did a good job of describing it basically it's these taxi drivers and maybe uber now who uh to drive him around, you know, he shows up right in town and, and yeah. they take him places either the airport or whatever. And, um, they have their own stories and their own challenges and they're a lot different than the challenges that he deals with now. And it's, it shows a lot of self-awareness to realize that. I don't think you hear that often in pop music, <laughs> especially yeah, once no, people get really, to a certain yeah, level of fame, that's right? That's a really good point. Yeah. So, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's fake at all either. I don't think it's, I don't either. You know, I don't think I don't think it's sort of made up or fake just to write a song. I think it's really, really heartfelt and and genuine and honest. Yes, and Ben Rector comes across as incredibly honest, which I really appreciate. It's he just he is who he is. I think and just puts it yep. out there, and that's that's awesome. Yep. I will add to this song. I forgot when I was talking about it. Uh, great musical moment. Oh, it's it's better heard in headphones. And I don't think I actually caught it until I was listening to the album. Uh, with with some headphones uh, for the first time. It's three minutes, 58 seconds, so right towards the end of the song. And because the song's only four minutes and 18 seconds, so really it's 3.58 to the end. But there's this, he's playing this light piano, and there's this kind of piano ring sort of in the background. Oh, yeah. I'm it's like that the now. way he's, yeah. So it's the way he kind of held that note with the little foot pedals or whatever, but you just kind of, kind of get this little ring and then it's just kind of light piano sort of fading into the end of the song. 
that's cool. Kind of that moment, especially, but really those last twenty seconds are really, um, really heartfelt and awesome to listen to. I do love the piano work on the album. I think he, yeah, he's a nice. great, great, great piano player, both soft and slow, and and driving and fast and all that. Yes, and everything in between. But yeah, great, great piano player. So my final pick, uh, number five, is "Note to Self," which you also chose. I think the it melodically, it's a gorgeous song with yep. just a, a great chorus. But then also the message, as you said, is great. It's just good stuff to remember. Which I know a lot of his songs are like that. Um, just remember what's actually important, and don't worry about the stuff that isn't. If you can't, it's easy to get caught up in things like that, and. You know, appreciate your parents, as he says. It's it's such good advice. You know, as you and I are both now in our early thirties, you start thinking more about mortality and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's I, it's just great. So, and I do have one honorable mention. Ooh, I and, like it. And that is the song "Crazy." It's I don't think it makes my top five, <laughs> but it's a fun, goofy song. And again, as somebody in my early thirties, it's very relatable because he's basically saying, "I don't really relate to the songs that are on the radio." So let me write my own song about how crazy yeah. we get. And it's, yeah. you know, stuff like watching Netflix and ordering appetizers and stuff like that. It's, it's actually really funny. I think when you listen to the lyrics and the song is catchy too. Drinking. No, I was going to say drinking Brita on the rocks. Oh, is that what he says? Yeah. Lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> or LaCroix, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, so that's my honorable mention. Kicked off our shoes and went to bed by 9 p.m. We were balling in Netflix. We turned it up to 10. Last night was crazy. <laughs> I threw my hands up in the air at that detective show we watch. You drank red wine and I had Britta on the rocks. We made some pasta with our favorite kind of sauce. Last night was crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it's really some really good melodies in that in that song, but yeah, maybe a little maybe a little too goofy for me and too wacky for me most times that I listen to it. Which I hope is not true of me. I hope that I'm the right <laughs> amount of wacky. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, do you have any least favorite songs? Well, it's funny that you bring up Crazy. If I had to pick today, I would pick that one. And. I would only say that's my least favorite for the fur because of the first oh, 15, 20, 25 seconds, whatever it is. Cause he, there's a spoken part in the beginning and most songs that have spoken parts just don't really vibe with me for whatever reason. So basically you're saying you hate rap. <laughs> well, no, I like <laughs> rap, but it's, it's yeah, just, I'm just with kind you. of it's... talking and then going into the song. So if you started the song from the 30-second mark and went on, yeah, I would love the song. I think it's an awesome, fun fun song. Yeah, definitely easy to relate to for some 30-year-olds from, from the suburbs. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, those first 30 seconds just kind of ruin it for me. So I totally no, offense, that. no offense, Ben, because I know you're listening to this right now. Oh, he better be. Gosh, <laughs> He's, he doesn't have anything going on. Yeah, definitely not. So, so I think really, that's my only one. Okay. Um, Paris every now and then, but it's a sweet enough song. That it is a I, sweet song, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it off. How about you? Do you have any least favorite? So it's funny that you picked uh, <laughs> Like the World is Going oh, to End. No. Um, okay. That would be the one that I would pick. I think it crosses the line into preachy, and I think... Overall, he strikes a really good balance and doesn't do that too often. Um, he, 
it's just something about it. Basically, he's like telling us like, this is how you should live your life and, you know, do these things and whatever. And I just kind of recoil a little bit at that. And I know he doesn't mean it to come across that way. Uh, And overall, the point of the song is right. Like if we knew that everything was going to blow up next week, we'd probably do some things differently. I can tell you that I would still record this podcast with you, but you know, I would probably not go to work tomorrow, for example. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And, uh, and that, so I get where he's coming from. It's just yeah. something about it is just a little preachy, I would say. It's a little saccharine. Um, okay. So that's what I would say. I mean, it's still, it's positive, it's sweet, but it just crosses that line for me. So Such a curmudgeon there, Eric. Ah, I know. As I've just been so I'm effusive just, in my I'm praise just, for this album, right? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> negative. Yeah, but th- that'd Very be the negative. only one I would choose. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. So right. any other any other points or any other? I don't think so. I mean, I just I have to ask John. Would you recommend this record? You know, I had to think long and hard about this, but if I had to say today to all of our dozens of listeners, I would definitely recommend this record. I love it. I love it as well. I'm so glad you picked it. It's been a positive force uh, of giving me mental energy for the past however long it's been two weeks, a week and a half since you told me about it. There you go. Thank you so much for picking it. It was a great album and it's been a great discussion. It's a good fun album to to put on after your morning coffee or while you're drinking your morning coffee and get you through the day at work or school, whatever, however old you may be or what point of life you may be in. Yeah, I totally agree. All Thank right. You. Well, it's been, it's been nice chatting with you, Eric. Oh, always true. Always <laughs> true, John. Thank you so much. All right. See ya.